before the sermon, I'd like to take this opportunity to thank you all for supporting our trip to Ghana for my mother-in-law's uh, funeral. We really appreciate it. We came back last uh, Friday, a little bit tired, but we are here, it's good to be home. Now to the sermon. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. Three weeks ago, we had the parable of the 10 virgins. In the sermon, Anthony asked the question, are you ready? Today, we have the parable of the talents. It is another familiar parable about the kingdom of God. This parable doesn't deal with the readiness question. It deals with what you do during this time of waiting until our Lord Jesus Christ returns. It emphasizes that every one of his followers has been given a gift, and that gift must be used. We all don't have the same gifts, but we do have gifts given by our Savior that he expects us to use for the sake of his kingdom, knowing that he will certainly return. The kingdom of God, as we wait for it, will not be static. It has to be full of activity, and we are part of it. He tells that in the parable. Jesus said, the kingdom of God will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his property to them. It soon becomes evident that he did not give it to them for safekeeping, but rather to take risks with it. They were his servants, but he treated them with respect. He showed confidence in them. He wanted them to do something with his talents. To one, he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. The master knew each servant's ability. He knew it very well. They were all capable of doing something for the master, not necessarily exactly the same. I think they knew, as we also know about ourselves and others, that we all don't have the same abilities. It's just the way things are in this world. We all don't have the same abilities but no one's ability is zero in everything. The only thing everyone has the same is being saved by God. The benefits of Jesus' work on the cross are distributed the same to everyone who believes. It is good that we all don't have the same gifts because all the gifts are needed and one person cannot do it all. In the parable, the master gave talents of money to his servants. A talent of money has been variously estimated. One such estimate is that it is worth about 6,000 days or 20 years of work. So the one giving the five talents was given 100 years of wages to work with. The one giving two had 40 years of wages. And the third one received 20 years worth of wages before the master went away on his journey. That took him away for a very long time. What we can say about this master is that he was extremely wealthy and also extremely generous. And he was so trusting to give so much money to his servants. He entrusted it to them. He showed confidence in them to work with his money. The first servant went to work immediately with his five talents. He loved his master and wanted to work to increase his wealth. He took the risk and invested all the money. He could have lost money, as sometimes happens with investments. 
but that was not part of his calculation, it seems. And he had such love and confidence in his master that he knew that even if he incurred losses, his master would still be okay with it. The important thing for him was to do something with his talent, something that would align with the interests of the master. That is what the master wanted. The servant did not do it for a reward. He did it out of love for his master and his business. The one who received the two talents had the same attitude as the first servant. He invested the talents right away. It didn't matter that the master gave him less than the first one. All he wanted to do was serve the interests of the master. So he also wanted to work with the talents he had been given. He did something with it. The master gave one talent of money to the third servant, but this servant did a strange thing. He went and dug a hole in the ground and buried his master's money. He spent his energy digging the ground a hole instead of finding a way to, to work with it. And he just waited and waited because it took the master a very long time to come back from his journey. All the three servants knew that the master would return. They just didn't know when. But that was not a problem for the first two servants. They spent that time of waiting, working diligently for the master. The third one, on the other hand, did not work at all. He spent all that long time doing only what a servant would do, and that begrudgingly even though he had been entrusted with more, the master's talent. The master in the parable is Jesus. He is our master too. He has given us talents to work with in this world in furtherance of his kingdom while we await his return. He will come back for sure, no matter how long it may seem to us. During this time, he expects us to do something with what he has given us. Perhaps... Some of you are go-getters. You see yourselves or would like to be like the first two servants. You know what you are capable of, and as soon as you see a need, you rise to the occasion. You don't need any prompting at all. When you see things needing to be taken care of in the church to enable us to worship without problems, you may be the first one to rise to the occasion. You may be the one who can encourage others to attend Bible study. You may also be comfortable leading the Bible study at home, at home. You may be the one who finds it easy to walk alongside someone who is struggling with the challenges of life. As you can gather from the parable, your talent doesn't have to be extraordinary. Using your talent may be coming to pizza and praise so you can have caring conversations with others and pray with them. For some of you, it may be the way you interact at your place of work, where you work to the best of your ability, because even at work, you can work for the Lord by working honestly and in the best way you can. Our talents are not only for overtly religious activities. As a child, or a parent, or a grandparent, or a friend, God has given you gifts to use, so that even if you don't have many opportunities to tell others, it may be obvious that you are a Christian. You serve the Lord by serving others willingly. You can pray for the church. You can pray for missionaries. You can pray for pastors. You can pray for the Holy Spirit to lead people to faith and return those who are struggling with their faith and staying away to return. In the parable, the master returns after a long time. 
The servants expected him to return. They just didn't know when. It wasn't a surprise to them that the master asked them to settle accounts with him because he had entrusted his talent to them. The one who had received the five talents said, Master, you entrusted me with five talents. See, I have gained five more. He was very happy and excited with this result. So was the master. He said, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Similarly, the servant who received two talents said, Master, you entrusted me with two talents. See, I have gained two more. The master replied in exactly the same way he did with the one with five talents. Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Now comes the third servant who had dug a hole and kept the master's talent in the ground. For some unexplained reason, he's really angry with the master. When it's his turn to render his account, he said, Master, I knew that you were a hard man, harvesting where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your talent in the ground. See, here's what belongs to you. The servant said he was afraid of the master. Perhaps he was afraid of failure. That may be the real reason he did not attempt to work with his talent at all. Sometimes, when you are afraid, you may like to hide in your corner and do nothing. A psychologist, Guy Finch, has said that everyone hates to fail. But for some people, failing presents such a significant psychological threat, their motivation to avoid failure exceeds their motivation to succeed. The fear of failure causes them to unconsciously sabotage their chances of success in a variety of ways. We've seen babies learning how to walk. They crawl. They try to walk, they stumble, but they don't give up. Then one day they walk. Yes, they take one wobbly step after another, and there they go, and you can't even stop them. The one talent guy did not even take a few wobbly steps with his talent. And it's not because he could not do anything. The master gave the talents according to each person's ability, so clearly, this man had the ability to do something, but he did nothing. The only thing running in his head over and over again was, what if I fail, what if I fail? Instead of, I'm going to try, I'm going to try, and I'm going to succeed. Instead of acknowledging his fear, he rather blamed the master for being mean. Jesus wants us to learn from this parable. God has provided more than enough resources according to our abilities. We don't have to focus on what we don't have. Rather, we acknowledge the gift we have without comparing ourselves to others, and we work with it. Jesus knows we are working, and he encourages us to keep going and not give up. Clearly, Jesus wants us to take it seriously that he is coming back. He doesn't want us to be so paralyzed by fear that even when we have an opportunity to tell someone about his love for us and for them, we let it pass. Jesus is reminding us that he has given us some ability, no matter how ins insignificant we think it might be. Reminds me of what the Apostle Paul said in Romans, that even though we are all one body 
we have different gifts according to the grace given to us by Christ. And he wants us to use them. If our gift is serving, then in our serving. If it is teaching, then in our teaching. If it is encouraging others, then in our encouraging. That the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. The master was furious with the third servant. You wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed? What then? You should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. Michael Jordan did a basketball commercial where he walks into the arena and the people are chanting his name, Michael, Michael. He says, I've missed 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost almost 300 games. 26 times I've been trusted to take the game-winning shot and I have missed. I have failed over and over and over again in my life. Then he says, that's why I succeed. Michael Jordan focused on his strength, not his failures. He kept coming back and he competed hard and gave it his best shot. Too risky. The third servant in the parable might have said to himself, he may have failed in some ventures in the past, and so when he was given this opportunity to invest, he refused to do it. Too risky. Jesus could have said, he, the son of God who knows everything, could have said it was too risky. He was going to come down from his peaceful abode in heaven into a world like ours, a world with too many problems, a world where too many people are too busy to bother with God. He knew that there was this huge risk that people would not believe in him and would think that he was just one of those crazy religious types who has standards that are impossible to fulfill. He knew the risk that people would rather see him as an enemy and an ally of the devil instead of the son of God. In spite of knowing all that, he came. In spite of knowing all that, that he could be killed because he would speak boldly regardless of whom he would be speaking to, he came. He did not let fear paralyze him from starting and finishing what he came to do. When they hanged him on the cross and before he died, he said, it is finished. He took that risk for you. He finished his business of making you his own. After his unknown disciples until that time took him down from the cross and buried him, he rose again on the third day, and he has promised to be with you. He is indeed with you, no matter what your circumstances might say to you. Remember that he gave himself for you fully and completely. He has given you an ability, and he has loaned you with a talent, and he wants you to do something with it. Use it for him and for your neighbor, because he is coming back to say to you, well done, good and faithful servant. Not because you did everything perfectly, but because you dared to use what he has given you. Amen.